0: Welcome, everyone, to another Slab Sox live stream here on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Every week, we're here talking about different sports card topics. Nate's joining myself, Aaron, for today's live stream. Nate, welcome.
1: <laughs> Nate's, joining, <laughs> Nate's joining myself, Aaron. That's a new one. Uh, I'm. A, it's been a long weekend ever since the Wisconsin Dallas show up. <laughs>
0: been running around and messing up my words so many so many things have been said but uh if you haven't seen yet we released all three parts of the wisconsin dell's card show part one two and three meaning day one two and three the third one just came out like an hour ago on youtube so after this live stream hop back onto our channel if you haven't watched all three parts do it it's about 28 minutes i think of footage between the three days split up into three videos and uh, it's exciting stuff so With that being said, I mean, we got something else to talk about today, though, so let's get into that topic right away. And all of today, we will be talking about, and then also Q&A at the end, but we will talk about, with you all, by the way, so make sure you're commenting in the chat during this video, letting us know your thoughts and different ideas on this topic. What is the future of sports card pack sales? Sports card packs, because back in the day, Nate, we'd walk into Target and just buy whatever we wanted. Oh yeah, we you you you
1: uh you'd pack feel for that jersey card.
0: Oh my gosh, man! That you just like grab out that one pack and oop, it's thicker, and then boom, yeah. Get the jersey ten, card. Ten year
1: old, ten year old, you was uh <laughs> was wild, <laughs> unhinged.
0: But that has changed. You know, now are the days that there are no packs. There are no at least good packs. I mean, you can go to Target and maybe find some match tax tops, or maybe go and find some. Um, Magic, magic, stickers, some stickers, whatever it is, you know, not, not the type of stuff that most of you are probably looking for. So this past week, it was announced that Target is suspending all retail card sales for the foreseeable future. How long do we know? We don't know. Um, It's not permanent. I heard, I read it on some tweet. Had to do some, I think Target or Panini executive that was speaking about it. Not permanent, but it's a suspension until they figure out a better way to sell sports cards packs because they, they had the idea to go and do it. And we've talked about this in past live streams. They had the idea to drop them every Friday at the same exact time nationwide. That does one thing, one good thing, and it's eliminate or it tries to eliminate backdoors because for a while there there were a lot of pictures servicing of you know MJ Holdings and XL representatives backdooring product to different customers, which is not a good thing. You know, if product doesn't ever hit the shelves, what's the difference between it hitting the shelves and someone buying it all out? You know, you know, both times it's going to be annoying that there's no product on the shelves, and that's even worse that it doesn't get even get there in the first place. So they try to alleviate that by actually, you know, timing the drop, well, then you end up having people camping outside of Target for six, seven, eight hours, maybe even more, who knows? And, you know, for Target, is it even worth their time or energy to run that when they're making the same amount that they're making now that they were years back, except people are actually buying it now. So I get that, you know, the margin is no different, but people are actually buying it now. Unless the margin might be a little bit different. If the panini is selling for higher now you know i don't really know that but either way the final sale price is the same and they are suspending it but when they bring them back it won't be the same and when they bring them back what will other methods be of sales because let's be honest if they really do change this or suspend this and products are releasing panini is just not gonna be like We're not going to sell our product. You know, like it's like, they're just not like they need to sell it. They want to find different ways to sell it. I'm sure I know Target's still going to sell online, but this is the issue that brought up. There's like 400 comments on this post. The biggest issue was the bots versus the no bot people. The People that go and buy product online with bots that get, you know, hundreds of orders and then all sells out in 0.5 seconds. Then the people that don't do botting and try to buy it online and never get a product which has happened to me a million times in my life. So I'm sure there's a lot of very uh, opinionated people in here that might have opinions on the botting or no botting. But in the end, there still needs to be a way to get this stuff into people's hands in person, other than digital sales, you know, online e-commerce, all that stuff. I know everything's going e-commerce, but there's got to be ways for people to get hands on the product. That's not hobby product because in the past, like, okay, fine, you know, for whatever reason. Prism or tops Chrome baseball is tops Chrome football is sold out at Target. You go to your LCS and you grab two packs of hobby. Well, now two packs of hobby is like four hundred dollars if it's a certain product, you know. Like, so you can't really do that either if you're a kid or if you're even a, a young adult that's trying to trying to get by and open some cards and whatnot. But there's a couple different things here that can happen, and let's just move on to the next slide, and then they can talk and we'll all talk and it will be good right now. Here are the current values of these given products. Prism basketball, 2020, 2021 is $140 for a blaster box, which is seems insane to me. 2020 select basketball football is $80 a blaster box. And 2021 top series one baseball is $30 a blaster box. Now, Nate, what are we thinking here on the reason why I know that Prism's a big brand, yada yada, yada, Lamella ball, rookie cards, whatever. Do we think that there has to be a little bit of effect in here between the tops baseball and the prism basketball pricing because of the amount that was produced? I know Panini's printing prism basketball a lot, but tops went like full junk wax with top series one this year.
1: Yeah, I would um I, I would not for starters, they have to go, they have to go down. Especially Select. Select is the real problem here. $80 a select box. And there are you can get Jordan Love. I know he's the fifth quarterback in the class, but you can get Jordan Love silvers for like five bucks, Concourse Silver. Right? Um, that should have been one of your your big cards uh two years ago, three years ago. Obviously, Select wasn't a thing. So like hobby, uh, retail wasn't a thing but it's like that that's my bigger problem than Prism and Tops is that that is so high considering some of the nice cards in there that you're likely to get are so low that it doesn't it doesn't hold up at least with Tops it's 30 bucks you know they printed a lot of it but you get a couple good rookies you get them graded eventually maybe and I still imagine they're going to be 50 60 PSA 10s as for Prism, I can't really speak on that because I don't follow the basketball market that much. Um, I don't know the prices. So,
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: Prism lamella ball PSA ten base. After like, not that many were graded, and people are having to pay super express prices. I think that they're around maybe seven fifty to eight hundred right now. The last I checked was probably a week ago, so it could be, even be lower than that
1: by now. And and that's the that's the very top guy and then yeah. it goes Anthony Edwards, and then it goes significantly, well, Tyrese Halliburton, and then down from there. Yeah. And and then also think about select football. You open a fat pack,
0: they're guaranteeing a silver in a fat pack. One silver per fat pack that costs $10. That is watered down city for select. And not only that, but the hobby got too watered down also, with a million parallels and die cuts and – Club level on top of the three levels in the first place. And then die cuts are in retail only die cuts are in hobby only like my goodness, how much can you do until it's too much? And like the other problem is, is that if these people can't get their hands on products that are really flipping these boxes at this point, you know, then they're not paying $80 to get down and open it. The people that are flipping them in the first place. So if they, if they can't, if they can't actually go and buy the product for 20 bucks, they're not buying the product at all which is what's keeping the, the values of them high in the first place, is by the product coming off the shelves at that value. So, And eventually, people get tired of that. They
1: get tired of that, then they leave. And and they they leave yeah, go ahead. I have a question for you. Um, so, you know, we always bring up, it's not going to be Junk Wax era 2.0 because there's uh, serial numbered carts, right? Yep. That's always the thing. Not going to happen because serial number. Well, what happens when they come up with 60 different ways to print a gold number to 10? And 50 different ways to print a red number to 199, right?
0: Yeah. I know, Nate, I totally agree with you. And I think that, like, I heard this somewhere on a live stream. That's all I'll say is that Panini knows what they're doing. That's what I heard. Panini knows what they're doing. It's not going to go to Junk Wax 2.0. But I'll tell you what, Select Football, that was the worst release I've ever seen from Panini, meaning, like, going towards that. I think like, I'm not saying that everything's going towards, them. I'm saying some of it is, you know, I think I'm at the point now where I'm like, all right, select football 2020. Yeah. That is just too much. And like I said, watered down city, like how, how many times can you, can you make a, a numbered or a zebra die cut, all that different stuff? Like before it just is like, well, does any of it matter? And then at, and then at that point, when it gets, when it gets to there, it's like only like three or four parallels matter. And then those are gonna be super expensive, but everything else is, you know, worthless type of deal. So it concerns me, people, if, if they're paying a lot of money for some of these, you know, retail, retail parallels of a guy like maybe, you know, Jalen Hurts, who is probably more risky than even a guy like Herbert, obviously, in the first place. And then the card itself is more risky, too. It's like, yo, like, take your money and buy a contenders auto, you know, contenders on card auto. It's always gonna be a hard grade. It's always gonna be the same thing. And it's always gonna stay in the test of time. You know, it has been since 2000, Tom Brady tops or Tom. Two thousand Tom Brady contenders auto. So that, that's where I'm at on that. And I hope that people uh, either listen or do some research on it themselves to see that, because I, I'm a little fearful for a product like 2020 Select Football, which will then inevitably turn into 2020 Select Basketball. Hmm. Hmm. But 50%. to say that anyone that's really out there loves Select instead of spending money on this new stuff go buy a 2017 Mahomes field level PSA 10, not even the silver, the base,
1: the base oh, PSA 10. Simple, simple, just a $4,000 card.
0: Wait, instead of buying one of the 10 million different gold Herberts, or, you know, so you, you can equate it to every budget level below that is what I'm trying to say. You know, like th- just go do that with, you can do it with who I was going to say Watson, but I know a lot of people probably don't want to buy him right now. So whatever it is, like you can find that in previous year sets. And I think that that's that's the play here. I don't think that anyone should be spending uh even eight. Here's the other thing. please. I, and maybe this is maybe this is just my own opinion. Just my own opinion. I don't want people to have to run and do something because I said it. And we always want to make that clear is that this is just our opinions. Make sure you do more research, analyze for yourself what you want your decision to be. But I, there is no way I would be holding select football blasters in my closet. There is no way. No. I would sell those for 80 bucks. I buy any
1: rare card from the last three, four, five years before that of a good player from honestly everything from this year. I would just sell flip. and, And if you want to hold wax. Buy a different year. Yeah. Or at the very least,
0: trade up to a hobby box. If you're holding like 50 blasters, trade up to a hobby box. Like, yeah. And and even then, I would just buy a different year because the the amount of supply on eBay is so rare. Like, if you look up like 2017 Prism Basketball Hobby Boxes, there's so few. There's so few out there for sale. Look up 2020 Prism, and there's a million. I know it makes sense why it's from three four years ago. These are now, and but I still think like four years from now, there's gonna be a ton of 2020 Prism Hobby Boxes for sale.
1: Hey, uh, this might be jumping the gun. Do you have a part on what we can do to you know figure this out? Because I. I was gonna bring up this Nick Foles comment. No, we that that's that's the plan now.
0: It was kind of going like from here, like what do we do? How how do we? And I know we can't do anything, but like what does the industry do, or what what's the plan that if you were in Panini or Topps's chair, how would you get this product
1: out there? Make sure that we're not printing t- too much of the random stuff. Well, allow me to start because I was had this thought myself. Uh, I worked for not specifically this, but I worked for a liquor store that also sold rare whiskey bottles. To purchase them, you had to have an account attached to a phone number that tracked what you brought bought with limits per with limits per month now i was thinking about that's a good idea i was thinking about maybe having people have to have their IDs scanned and then it you know shows in the system that they bought one that day and they can't come back in and buy another one um but both of these things limit what it shouldn't be limiting and that is kids kids don't have ids and kids generally well kids probably do nowadays kids didn't back when i was a kid but i uh, have phone numbers right um And, you know, probably like 10 years old and up now have phone numbers. But underneath that, 8-year-old kids, 7-year-old kids that probably want cards don't have that. So what if they just made it just kids? You're not allowed. If if you are over the age of like 16, you cannot buy retail cards.
0: Imagine being 16. I think I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. All right. Sorry about that. Thank you. (laughs) Imagine being 16 and just turning 16 and your buddy who's like 15 and a half is like buying just loads of prison basketball. Well,
1: no, it's, eh, you'd still limit them to how many they could buy per time. You wouldn't, obviously they wouldn't have an ID you could scan, but like, at least I'd rather have, okay, 14, make it 14. I don't care. Uh, it, it'd be nice for kids to be able to, they can't walk into a hobby shop, but, uh, they can walk into, okay. 14 is probably not young enough either. Make it 12. 13. I don't know. Uh, be able to walk in. You can't, you probably can't limit them, but you can limit the amount of transactions and the money they have in their pocket probably limits them. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't here's really see thing. any way through this outside to get kids' cards outside of trying to limit it to just kids, even though you're going to have those guys that stand outside target and be like, Hey kid, I'll give you a (laughs) hundred bucks. If you go buy five packs for me and then I'll give you another hundred on your way out.
0: Yeah. But here's, here's my, here's my thought. Sorry. I'm in the midst of looking up some comps and some cards right now to like, I got a question in the chat. I just want to make sure I have the data in my head when I'm speaking about it. Um, As for the whole kid situation and the cards, Nay, why don't they partner with good LCSs around the country that have built trust, that can buy at you know the pricing that Target can,
1: and sell at the pricing that Target can? Dude, you and, think if Target can't handle the people lining up, how is no, no, how is a, your local card shop supposed to handle the people? No, I agree, but I don't think I get it. But everyone knows that Target's going to have it. I
0: know it takes a little bit more work to find the card shops, but you're I I, I get that as well. I don't know, you know, limit of one per group. I I don't know, man.
1: I I get what you're saying
0: too. And um, yeah,
1: I I understand that flippers and other people have kids, they have nephews, they have nieces, they have friend, family friends, right, that they would take advantage of to get cards into their uh hands. I just uh it's hard to it's hard to come up with any which way. Like that's my concern. My concern is not it's not necessarily the card sales. It's like, how do you come back from this and actually get the cards at retail to the people that should be getting retail cards? Yeah. Not 40 year old (laughs) dudes or 30 year old women or 16 year old kids that, uh, should be, you know, buying it and selling it for 80 bucks, but kids that would actually enjoy ripping select football.
0: Yeah. But I I think we, there's still some, you got to keep the business side in it though, too. You can't take it out completely, but we also need to do, you know, our best to help make sure kids are staying in it. And also, there's two, there's two sides of the coin of it because if it's not a free market and people can't actually, I'm not saying flip these things for four or five times the money, but at least find some ways to build their way up in the market. You know, it's hard to imagine the industry ever being this big to where kids actually do care about cards, which I know, like I did as a kid. You know, I did it as a middle schooler, but I was the only one in my school. Now I bet you there's more than that. That's um, true. I They're I old do old have nerd. <laughs> you say nerd yeah and probably poor yeah. eyes too. no you know me um, he, all right, here's my point about the whole select thing. So someone asked asked me in the, in this chat where was it? I gotta go way back. It was about contenders oh here we go. Aaron is 2020 panini contenders NFL garbage. My answer is no, but it's garbage. If you're buying the retail and I don't mean I don't I don't like putting down stuff, but I will say that retail contenders was never supposed to be a thing. It's always been contenders hobby on card autos. And that's it, you know, and then obviously stickers of the guys that aren't at the premiere shoot and everything who are signing in person. But now they made the retail version where Hertz does have sticker autos and all that stuff and like that stuff. Leave it back, you know, leave it in the past. But if you're buying right now, if you're looking to buy Football, and you're looking at Jalen Hurts' contender's autographs, his on-card auto from the actual contender set. I'm not talking about Optic here, although Optic does sell the most. Here we go. A PSA 9 on-card auto. Y'all know that card right there. So for $480. Non-graded select zebras club level sell for $450. And that's like the fourth different level of zebras that you can get. So that's kind of my point here is is that there's different discrepancies right now in the market that don't make sense to me. That while right now, while they're going as good for some of these products that are really hot in the flippers' eyes, I don't know if they will be three years from now, two years from now, a year from now, you know, like that type of thing. You feel that, Nate?
1: Yeah. Nope.
0: Is there anything you see here to point out? Because that's what, um, what's what we're doing most of today's show is just grabbing comments, pointing them out, talking about them. Okay.
1: Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people have, a lot of people have different, uh, different opinions on this. And, um, uh, the first one I saw is Michael says kids are not what's driving the hobby. And yes, that's true because kids don't have money, but you kind of want a hobby in 20 years, I assume. And if you're not getting eight year olds into it now, they're probably not going to get into it when they're 28 because there's no nostalgia there. Right. Um, but I, I get that comment. I understand that, you know, just selling to kids would uh, affect the hobby as a whole. But maybe that's a good thing. Um, just, you know, obviously we have a business in the hobby. So that doesn't really make any sense to say. But we are so, we are to a point where, you know, boxes that cost $150 last year cost $600 this year or, you know, $750 for a national treasures box a couple years ago now costs like 3000, 4,000, 5,000, whatever it is out of the gate. Um,
0: yeah, Um It all correlates to the single prices too. Like we're not just trying to say like, I, I, at least I don't think unless I'm wrong and I need to look at more data. I don't think that box prices have really out singles necessarily. I mean, most of those singles have gotten way more expensive. Like, Especially when you look at Luca base. do you
1: think it just snowballs on itself though?
0: I do. No, I think that they both go together.
1: Yeah. So if you had a cheaper box, maybe people would be like, oh, "I'm not going to spend, you know, eight hundred dollars on a Prism PSA ten of."
0: Right, but but that's why I think makes the market smaller, makes the hobby smaller. Then, eventually, doesn't really keep it going too. But I I do think that it's still not great the whole current pricing situation. Let me get, bring this up now. The flipping is one thing and I don't really have like super strong thoughts against it other than like going and buying out targets and stuff and reflipping it all and and all that stuff. What I know people do what they got to do in bots and whatever. Now I want to get into that. My bigger issue right now is Panini's pricing on their website. I have much more issue with that than anything else because they manufacture their own product. They know how much it costs them to make a box. Yet they insist on pricing it at the absolute top of the market. And then what you do is you actually do take out the flippers. You take out the flippers. You take out the resellers. And when you do that, eventually, people don't buy that product anymore from Panini. You know, people will not buy the product anymore from Panini. They probably don't buy cards anymore from wherever. Then people leave. And then they're on to the next thing. And then you start to see the market starts to shift. And I have a way bigger issue with Panini releasing hobby at $2,000 releasing UFC at $850 releasing crown rail like whatever it was $500 like that type of stuff is not good. Like at least tops released Bowman at $200 a hobby box this year. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure and at least that they have their their I know that it's closed off but their Mon- their Montgomery Club. They sold the passes for like 300 bucks, which I know that's a lot, but at least that they're selling the boxes of sapphire to them for like 120 bucks you know like yeah Brent I know UFC is really hot right now and everything um and that the boxes at 850 like probably wasn't the worst thing compared to everything else but let me just bring up a couple other ones like hoops hobby released on on uh panini at what was that like 375 or maybe 400 that's down to what 320. Uh, revolution hobby released at 365 if i remember correctly sorry if i'm off by a couple 10 fifteen dollars that's down to like 280 so i i really do think uh i really do think that they're they're pricing their product way too high and most of the product they've released in 2021 has all went down price from what they what from what they've sold at and that is not the way it's worked in the past three years everyone looks at the past three years and it's like well, if Prism released at this and now it's this, why can't this year's do it too? You know, what's well, because it was releasing at 400 bucks in 2019? Prism hobby and then it built from there. Nate saw it all the time. Nate worked at Brewtown for three months, right when everything was releasing tops update for 80 bucks, you know, like that type of thing,
1: it, which was crazy because top series two before that point was 50 bucks, 50 <laughs> and then it went up to 80 and then briefly it went down to 70. And now what's it at? R- Prism retail r- releasing at 150. Uh, Prism hobby boxes releasing at like three fifty.
0: Yeah, and Br- Brent, I I totally agree. I think Prism UFC is in its own category. It's the first year of its Prism release, and the singles are selling super super hot. But you know, like I just and I know Formula One boxes are expensive now, but tops did I don't think the tops sold those super super high unless I'm mistaken. Uh Chris Christopher, this is a like a at least a valid point to bring up the price high to not cut the lcs's margin i can't see panini releasing their product i know like yeah they set the market but i don't think panini is pricing their product trying to think about the lcs and what they're making on it because i don't think that panini makes any more on what the lcs is selling them for unless i'm completely wrong and then that they are doing it but in the end, it would still be more money for for Panini, right? If that was a thing, you know, LCS prices higher, we make more money. It's probably not
1: because of the LCS's best interest in my mind. This is a good point. Isn't the reason people are camping out is because there just aren't that many local card shops as there were in the 90s? And that's fair. You know, if you start, if you start taking Target cards and bringing them to local card shops instead of to Targets, that's going to cut out half the population of the United States from getting cards within probably an hour drive of their home. That's a great that's targets great everywhere. There's Walmart's everywhere. There aren't LCS everywhere. There's not an LCS in Eau Claire. There's a card shop in Eau Claire where he gets, he has to buy secondhand product and resell on eBay. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not a legit card shop that gets allocation. Right, right, right.
0: I totally get that. Totally get that.
1: So I and guess, it- I guess what I'm trying to say is I was a hundred percent for, uh, <laughs> screwing myself out of getting any cards because <laughs> this is a no
0: card here. This is what I was thinking uh, earlier when we started the episode. I was talking about Top Series One. What if they made retail just junk wax? Yeah, you can get rookies, but keep the silvers and parallels in the hobby stuff. Big money chase, hobby kids would buy the junk wax. It's a very valid point. You either print so much of Series One that sitting on shelves, or you take everything out of the product that would potentially make it super valuable and then you make it printed higher, which potentially it's kind of like what they did with this year's Select, but the brand name doesn't correlate where it makes it worth a lot of money now. That's an interesting point, and that would definitely uh, at least put sets on shelves, I think. Make those sets potentially worthless, but (laughs) at least put sets on shelves. So if Panini is cheaper than LCS, what happens to an LCS? So I know years back, I'm sure card shops could get more product per card shop, but their margins were way thinner. If the LCS has to sell for a little bit less now um, of their allocated pricing, I don't think that it would hurt them too badly. And in the end, they need consumers just as badly as Panini needs
1: consumers to survive. I will say this. You can buy cheaper online for a lot of things. You can buy cheaper online for eBay for box prices compared to some card shops. The reason you buy at a card shop is because you want it that day. And you want support, too. You want to support someone you know and you enjoy and the business and everything. That type of deal. Yeah. Um, There was one I wanted to bring up. but uh, uh, Oh, is this one. Um, Prices are dropping. Retail is being overproduced. Let's be honest. Hobby boxes are what you want. All these big cards do not come out of retail. Ride the wave. Prices won't last forever. Um. To be fair, yes. Generally, big cards do come out of uh, hobby boxes, not retail. But I did just see a guy pull a Nick Matan Bowman Chrome Red first out of a Cello pack. A paper? No, a Chrome. See, that's a little that's a little dicey though. Like, why are they doing that? That's a little dicey because I didn't even get. I got. I got no color except for a gold insert. A green paper and no auto in the hobby box I bought. So, yeah, that's that's wild. But but wild. just pointing out, I, it's probably it's probably a dime a dozen or not a dime a dozen, like extremely rare ha- happen happening there. But right. uh,
0: just like just like a green poster lamello of twenty five from prism, that is like a needle in a haystack. I mean, getting those green posters numbered out of twenty five out of a prism blaster box when they print that many of them that's like a one in a million hit
1: yeah i do think i do think maybe that's the way to go you get your lamellos and you get your anthony edwards and occasionally one in every like i don't know gravity feed box you get a colored card or something yeah yeah interesting
0: all right, if there's any other thing that we want to bring up here, otherwise we can go to like a general Q&A in a little bit. Should I sell my select hanger and fat packs? Um, if it was me holding them, I would. I don't want to tell you necessarily what to do based on your interest and everything, but I just don't see why holding stuff that so many people have is going to really pay off and something that's pretty watered down. The reality is all about greed. Panini is greedy, jacking up the market prices because the distributors are raising the prices. Only old LCS stores can get allocations. New LCS have to buy from distributors. Yep, very true. Um, It is very hard to get product these days too. So, you know, places that would get five cases in the past might only get like two boxes now, you know? So it's... uh, it's a tough subject and I don't think that any of us have the exact right answer because how could you I think I think everyone thought that limiting the MA uh, packs are bought would help in some sense clearly that made bigger issues once they started to go to that uh, you know weekly schedule yeah
1: so it's, I, as far as I know we don't have the answer nobody in the chat has the answer panini definitely doesn't have the answer target and walmart probably don't have an answer right now uh so it'll be interesting to see who comes up with the first the first solution that actually works and we'll see if there's ever a solution that works
0: i will point this out uh i don't know if y'all have actually seen the card show video from today the the third card show video it's already got over a thousand views in like an hour which is crazy so thank you everyone for watching if you have the very first cut of the video um, now our very good friend, Jackson, from Full Circle Cards, came up to – I knew him before. He's a he's very, very nice guy from Wisconsin. Came up to our booth first thing yesterday and dropped off loads of $5, $25, and dollar boxes of cards that he had at the show. I'm talking like opulence, blacks of 39, impeccable, numbered of 75, D'Angelo Russell, Jersey Auto, that type of stuff boxes of that type of stuff to put in the kids packs for the nationals so you know we saw a lot of kids this weekend actually more so the first day not that many kids it's a friday school whatever it's almost summer i guess i don't know not but not being in school anymore i lose track of time um not as many kids on friday during the day but saturday there were a lot more kids and on sunday too picking through our kids packs grabbing cards and opening the packs live at our booth and they're excited about them pokemon they're really excited about too and uh, Jackson dropped off a load of super nice numbered cards from hobby boxes, li- like crazy hobby boxes, really really cool. Noir one in one basketball, and those are all going to kids packs at the national. And we're going to do our part to make sure kids can get cards. Uh, if you have a if you have a kid and you're going to the national, please stop by booth six ninety five. We're in the c- corner of the show, um, but people found found us two years ago in the corner and it was popping the whole time. And I hope it's that way this year too. I imagine it will be, especially with these kids packs. If you got kids bring them over to our booth and we'll uh, make sure they get some kids packs. And we're going to make sure we have thousands ready to go. And We still have a lot from this show. Um, So it's going to be,
1: it's going to be exciting. Mike Brown. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Aaron, how (laughs) frequent was trading at the show more often than usual or nothing to note? (laughs) Well, you can definitely watch the the three
0: videos, but I would say like, I, I made a good amount of deals. Um, you know, nothing crazy, nothing super, super crazy. Like the highest sale was like 2,700, 2,000. And then I had a couple of smaller ones. Like I'd say a good amount between like 20 and 500. That was fun. You know, a lot of people come and, and buying those. But as a dealer perspective, I've done, uh, I don't know, six, seven shows over the last like two years now. The number one thing that I've learned, I actually learned it recently talking to uh, Coleman Cards. He actually had a feature on our last video. Really nice guy. He is like, in Miami, he's like, hey, I asked him, like, oh, how's the selling been going? He said, oh, it's been going pretty well, but most of the deals I've been making, I've been willing to take trade back and getting cash with it, you know, cash and trade deal. And I said, oh, you know, that's a pretty good idea. And the more I started to be willing to look at trade, willing to, you know, take cash with the card, that type of stuff, the more deals started to happen. If you're a dealer and you're not willing to work with buyers or, you know, talk to buyers or give them some dollars off and it's impossible to build relationships, it's impossible to get more deals done. And I think that's really where it all comes into play is making sure that you're open and willing to kind of test the waters with trades, with sales, with buying, all that different stuff. And people come back and they keep coming back. Like, I think there's a couple of guys we saw like 10 times throughout the three days that kept on coming up and doing deals. Um, So it's very fun. Very, very fun. And I I would say like Dallas, I saw a comment about Dallas. uh, Is there going to be more selling than buying in Dallas? I think it just depends what the sport is. First of all, like people, there's certain cards that went up so fast. They're now coming back down to realistic values. That's sure. You know, those cards are getting tougher to move and everything, but there's, you know, they're at those more realistic values now, but there's still certain things that are going up in price. Like there's opportunity everywhere. And, I was just putting together Sam Dunks' video for tomorrow on Slapsex Pro and stuff, and you know, putting the feature tab as his cards he's showcasing. I'm like, holy cow, some of these modern basketball players that are playing well are actually gaining value. You know, like people still are gravitating to dudes that are building on their legacy, and that's how the card market was for years, and that's how it's going to be for years. Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr., great point, Nate, right? Like, he's still stayed pretty consistent, I'd say. I haven't checked
1: in every day, maybe like you do, but. Well, his prices his prices have dropped since their peak, despite him playing really well. But I think that's just because they went up so quickly. Like, we're talking yeah. $1,800 for a Topps Chrome Sapphire PSA 10. Right. And now it's down to 1200 1300
0: Yeah, but that's what it was like, you know, two, two three weeks ago. So it's like, yeah. that's what just happens when something goes up too fast that more sellers come out and sell. That's just how it kind of feels.
1: Um, I will say on my end, I talked to a number of dealers as I was going through the show, and a lot of them made a comment that it seemed like a lot of people were just looking to trade um, and not or sell, and not many people were looking to buy window shoppers as opposed to legit shoppers. And I think of course that- I was doing window shopping myself because I was just looking for Hedbert Perez. When I didn't find him, I didn't buy anything, you know.
0: For me, a lot of the times it's like it's not like people are running up to your booth with cash in their hands. They're like, take it, take it, take it. It's just not like that. You know, you have to, like, the deals come sporadically. And then once you add them all up at the end of the day, you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, Like that, I mean, that's obviously, I'm not speaking about Nate specifically or a few baseball cards. There, but someone that has a good amount of cards that are pricing competitively, that's pretty important. And not have all the same stuff that everyone else has, too. I need to make that very, very known. You have to have unique stuff. You have to have stuff that people next to you or across the show from you doesn't have, and that's why I do, or at least that's what my goal is. And I think it works out well. You know, people come up and then they're like, "Oh man, I haven't seen that before. Oh man, no one else has that." Like, I need to make a deal with you versus
1: the guy five boosts from you six booster, you ten boost, whatever it is. You know? Yeah. If you if you have a if you have a uh, thing full of Fernando Tatis PSA t- Top Series two PSA ten you might not sell a card in the entire weekend. And if it is, it's like one or two, you know, yeah. not
0: the place to take those cards to sell. And if you are setting up in a show, um, I'd recommend diversifying if that, if you are trying to sell at a show. Now, if you aren't, that's fine. Selling eBay, if you're getting good sales, you all know, you've been in it for long enough. Most of you, um, for those that haven't though, you know, if you're going to a show and you're planning setting up, got to have unique stuff. You mean like thirty-eight BGS ten Mike Trout rookies? Well, here's the thing about that, though. That's
1: thirty percent of the population having thirty. Fernando Tatis is like tiny. Here's the thing about that. I didn't even look at his other cases. I was just so drawn in on the basketball, uh, the baseball that you know you saw. You saw clearly, Michael. You saw the two baseball cases. What you didn't see was the case over that had a dual RPA. Uh, Michael, jo- well, not rookie. Dual patch auto. Uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron. Another dual auto, Michael Jordan and LeBron. Three Tiger Woods uh, autos from who knows what year, way long ago. Um, a Luka Tiger stripe, a Trey Young Tiger stripe, um, all sorts of just absolutely nasty, nasty stuff that wasn't even shown in the video because I was just looking at the baseball cards. It was, it was unbelievable. And he also had the Marco Luisiano Superfractor coming in, and a Jason Dominguez uh, Red Auto coming in. So That's it's just crazy. like That's insane. crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. All
0: right. Let's see what else people are talking about here. Any questions at all, toss them in the chat, and we can uh, move on here, move on. Let's see what's up next. All right. Really quick, I know I mentioned this right at the beginning of the show, but if you haven't yet, we posted all three – days of the wisconsin dells card show the first time we've ever done this a three-part video series on a card show and it was super fun and y'all should check it out right after this video there's three videos live right now eight minutes 13 minutes and like eight minutes for you to watch and uh see how the show went and see the people we met and really i know we say it a lot but if you don't hear it enough you'll hear it more now that's really the best part of it all I mean, we got to spend time with people that I've seen for, you know, multiple years ago in cards, made deals back at the 2015 national with stuff like that. And you get to hang out with them again. You know, there's so much fun stuff to happen at card shows. And if you can come away with having a great time and not just thinking about like how much money you made or what the deals you made, that's really what the important part is. I mean, that's some special moments this show with some special people and it really makes it all worth it.
1: Not to mention,
0: not to mention that as a just a, you know, hour and a half two hour drive for us which was really nice versus a flight
1: um and I can uh I can also test that because you know I did not walk out of the weekend with more money than I had I also didn't walk out of the weekend with a Bowman chrome auto despite having bought a Bowman hobby box and yet I had a wonderful weekend because a lot of great people came up to our booth so yeah it, I mean uh, there's people there's people I meet that I,
0: you know I've never met before and they're all they're all really awesome <laughs> they're all really awesome and if you ever go to the card show that we're at please come up and say hi uh, we'd love to take the time to meet you and shake your hand and talk to you i would agree oh dave's got some competition i see a spider-man pmg psa right there i own a psa nine also is it the red one maybe it's a pop two i thought it was a pop one but uh wow dave's got some competition
1: from charles is dave still in here dave you're still in here uh Speak comment, up. So you can you can uh, fight it out in the comment section.
0: All right. So I know we spent so much time today talking about sports card packs and where they're gonna be sold. Well, we Ooh, do Dave have a few.
1: What I said, Dave is in here.
0: Oh, there he is. Oh, pot four. There we go. Uh well, we have two breaks left for tomorrow, and I'm doing our best to make sure these prices are as best as possible for you all, making breaks affordable hopefully instead of having to buy like a full case break you can get into a top sapphire formula one box and get one card for 30 dollars now i know that you need some luck involved but some of these cards are huge some aren't as big but at least it's a pretty you know relatively cheap chance to to test a new market test a new card and uh you know see if you can get a cool lewis hamilton or uh i've been learning a lot about formula one this weekend and then we also still love to bring back those uh older boxes for basketball and we're doing 2012 marquee hobby box tomorrow and it also comes with the anthony davis rookie psa 9 giveaway so going to the playoffs might be nice for y'all um one person out of the 20 pack buyers is gonna get the anthony davis rookie card the amount of packs he buys the amount of spots you get and there's a few few spots left uh in those breaks i know so slapsocks.com shop to join us to open up some packs tomorrow and just enjoy the hobby Enjoy cards and hopefully get you all some cards, uh, some nice cards for a good price. Uh, do you have a link? Sure. I'll provide a link right now. SlapStocks.com slash shop if you someone wants to type in or you just wait one second here. And I'll throw it in the chat. There we go. All right. And here we are. We will take the last 10 or so minutes to just talk about the market, talk about Anything in sports cards, feel free.
1: Preferably to... no target though.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no more, <laughs> no more target stuff. We just talk for forever. Uh, throw in anything you want to talk about in sports cards and we'll we'll get some discussion going. How do you feel about Chronicles? I don't think it's as flooded as Select. Chronicles, it depends on the sport for me. I'm in love with Chronicles soccer, um, because they put in stuff like contenders, and there's no main contender set for soccer. They put in stuff like pitch kings, you know. There's no actual pitch king sense set, so everything in there is like pretty rare per set. And if they did the did, did that type of thing for football, then maybe.
1: Um, but for me, I like Chronicle Soccer a lot for that reason. Um, question: Is Chronicle Soccer the one that you could buy for 250 dollars a case a couple of years ago? No, one that was that, is Donner's, that, that is Donner's 2018. Donner's. That's,
0: that's but Nate. Hey, that's that's way better than the Chronicle set. Oh, okay. How long have Bowman been producing shimmers for? Um, let's see here. 2014, I think, was the first shimmer, which was not colored as number ten. I owned an Aeronola auto. I actually think I might have two of the tens, uh, or maybe just one.
1: I did you auto PG. BG- what? You ever see those yellow shimmers from 2018?
0: Yellow shimmer from number
1: number to ten. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I I had never seen them either, and then I ran into one at the. Uh, Card show in Miami. I'm like, I've never seen this in my life. And then I just saw one the other – Jordan Alvarez the other day. Right. It was like a one-off one off -off, uh, shimmer that they never brought back and never had before.
0: Thoughts on the soccer market dip. PSA 10, Messi, Mega Crack. So for 11K recently, down 30K in three months. See, that's the type of thing. Same with the Jordan PSA 10, Fleer 86. If something goes up like from 5K to 40K in the span of like – two months you better believe it's probably going to come back down to 11k which is still higher than the 5k because everyone that bought before it went to 40k is now selling it on Mm -hmm. the way down and taking their profit every single way down and then there's more on out in the market um that is just my overall take on any sport any card that that happens to i mean i you can't even count the amount on three hands of jordan psa tens that went up for sale in the first five months of the year alone and that, that never happened in years past because the card didn't move that much in price. We just have to, you know, remember that's how the market works, that's how dynamics works. Um, any in my opinion, from what I've seen, rare low pop soccer cards have been doing pretty well. Um, especially at shows that have been having a lot of interest in them still. And and I know that there's different segments of the market that you know that, that do well, but it's very interesting to track that type of stuff.
1: Uh, Nate, you see anything here? Mm, nothing. I was hoping for some baseball questions, but how do you feel Kobe? Yeah.
0: Kobe's cards are valued after the Hall of Fame. Will there be a bump in prices? The Hall of Fame induction and and like Rookie of the Year awards, unless it's like a super heated race for the Rookie of the Year, just never really do much for me in the terms of a market movement. Um, how long have we known that Kobe's gonna be a Hall of Famer for? Since he was like you know, winning his third finals or whatever in you know, that type of thing. Like we've known for forever that Kobe is going to be in the hall of fame. Um, we knew it was going to be on this exact day. I don't think that anyone that wanted a Kobe, cause he's going to be a hall of famer didn't buy one in the last eight months or a year. Um, so I just can't see that being a market catalyst at all. And then honestly, I think it brings out more
1: sellers to be truthfully honest. So I think that could even c- cause a dip in price. Yeah. I was just actually looking at Kobe cards and, I was kind of shocked, you know, the, uh, the 2008, your favorite card. Yeah. Oh, that thing is right.
0: Same same way though. Right. Like same thing. Like, you know, card, even the the base PSA 10 went up to like 12 K and then that was from like two K like two months before and a month before it, like it just, it's inevitable. It's inevitable, but keep in mind, that's not to say that stuff like that doesn't happen again. And it's actually happened like three times over over the last like couple, you know, 8 9 months or whatever like it's happened before it can happen again. I'm not saying that every single thing that was hot before will be hot now cuz that's just not true. People's interests change. We know that. I mean, heck, how many players have, you know, faded out of the the spotlight. Nate,
1: Otani cards, go ahead. Otani. Where do you see that? Oh, goodbye. Can he continue to amaze? He can continue to amaze. He's got 12 1200- 10 doubles, two triples, 12 home runs. I mean the, he's hitting the crap out of the ball every time he hits it. Um, average is a bit low, not a ton of walks, six walks and like 48 strikeouts, I believe. I just looked at his stats earlier, so I'm trying to recall these from memory. Um, but I mean he is blistering the ball when he hits it and he's not going to get 175 innings pitched this year, but he's going to be pretty stinking good when he when he pitches. And so uh You know, I don't. I think there was a really ton of excitement, right, for Otani when he started out hot. Now I think it's just going to be like a probably a dip and a rise and a dip and a rise roller coaster, slowly up as people realize that Otani is truly the most unique player in the league and the best player in the league. Um, As for card prices, be careful what you buy. I wanted to cover this weeks ago in a video, and I just never got around to it. But there are. Otani Tops Series One, right? There's Otani Tops Chrome. There's Otani yeah. Tops. What? I think it's Series Two. Series two. There's Otani Tops Chrome. There's Otani Tops Chrome update. There's um Bowman.
0: Bowman Rookie.
1: Bowman Rookie. There's Tops Update cards. Inside that, there's also the rookie debut in Tops Chrome update and Tops Update. There's also his stupid three game hit streak card that shows him on it, even though it says three game hit streak on it. Um, that can deceive people.
0: He also has heritage short print action, heritage auto, and then heritage high number base rookie and heritage high number auto.
1: Yeah. And so Bowman,
0: like- Bowman Chrome auto pitching, and then later Bowman Chrome auto hitting, which was in the Bowman
1: Chrome release, not the Bowman release. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, there is, there is a thousand cards to choose from, and I can. If I, if I were not in the market and just going in to just buy a Otani, I'd be overwhelmed completely and totally. And even even somebody who's been in the market for a while, I still am kind of overwhelmed because it's an absurd amount of cards. Yeah, it's like, what do you buy to me? Like, I mean, I love
0: Heritage, so I'd probably go with just like the Heritage Action Short Print, not yeah, Refractor or something. or something. Well, or, or a Heritage High Number Refractor, about 569, something like that. But still, I mean, I know that more people gravitate to the tops update foils and stuff for series two foils. And honestly, for the longest time until maybe recently that update us one card was definitely more sought after than the series two airbrush card of Otani. But now I've been seeing, I've been, I actually just looked up the prices for you today and his foil of with the airbrush, uh, you know, Jersey and hat and stuff from series two PSA 10 foils well outselling the update foil. So I think that, and here's the other thing, Nate, is that then you start to think like, all right, Rosarena with the Cardinals jersey, maybe that card's going to be way better than his Rays jersey type of thing. I'm not saying that that's the same exact thing, but that first card that comes out, I feel like in the past, it might not matter much for baseball when you have like so many rookie cards, but it's starting to matter, it seems like.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and um, I mean, the same thing with like Tops Chrome and, uh, and Tops Chrome update for Vlad and stuff and. Yep, and then there's um, the that's a little bit of a stupid one because they have the they have Vlad Fielding. It, oh, it. and the
0: update rookie, yeah. His series two man, if that card had even just like a gold parallel, that'd be so such that'd a nice amazing. card, such a nice card. And there also was a the, his mojo card. Um, oh, yeah, the, the first Bowman Mega, he had that mojo card, which I thought was so cool at the World Baseball Classic. Pretty cool stuff. Ivan from the show is in the house. What's up, man? That's such a fun time. He made – Ivan made a lot of deals at the booth. Yeah, he did. See, that's the man. That's one of the guys that kept them coming up just ready for deals, ready for trades, ready for sales. I bought a Holland from him. That was super fun. Nate, this is all you, man. This is not me.
1: <laughs> um, uh, Julio Rodriguez season. You're right. I'm going all in on him. Anything I should be worried about, though. Uh, I don't know if you've watched Julio in the last like week. I think he had like five home runs. He's been killing it. Um, And there, from a baseball perspective. I'm not worried about Julio at all. From a playing time perspective. I'm slightly worried about Julio. um, Because they have a lot of good outfielders on their team right now. In Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick and Mitch Hanniger. And uh, you know, Kyle Lewis won the Rookie of the Year, so he's not leaving last year. Um, Mitch Haniger has 11 home runs in the season, maybe 12 home runs in the season. Um, Maybe if they're out of contention and they're not doing well at all, they trade him. Um, But if that's not the case, then I wouldn't trade Mitch Haniger. That dude's a stud. And then obviously you have Kelnick, who you're not going to replace with Julio Rodriguez, more than likely. So, you know, you don't have room for Julio Rodriguez right now and you don't have room for Julio Rodriguez in the foreseeable future and because of that um if there's like a short-term injury I don't think they would bring J-Rod up to play you know eight games and then send back down they'd probably just bring up Trammell and send him down and bring him up and send him down um and that begs the question if Trammell would just be better value by trading him away for a other position they need but uh That's the thing I'm worried about is where is he going to play and how soon? Because I don't, I just don't see a path forward for him currently with how well their players are playing.
0: I've got a rapid fire three pack here. So, Bill, first, people aren't selling the Jordans and taking losses. This is a great point. The people have bought Jordan over 360 grand, like a price over that. They probably are in the situation that they wouldn't be selling it for 360 grand, taking a loss, you know, like. Those are people that are just like winding the card, have a ton of money, they're putting in the safe for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You know, it's a great point that a lot of people are selling, are making hand over fist on these cards right now because they're the ones that had it before. And then the market builds and then it expands in the next 10 years, that type of thing. Next, Henry H. This guy's a smart guy. and I know that he's watching this market. And if he says the market's on fire, I believe him. Aaron, 90s Parallel Insert Kobe is on fire. Got a bid on '98 Top Scrum Apparitions Refractor, Kobe Bryant. I know that card's numbered, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a beautiful card. It's one of my favorite Kobes of all time. And it hit almost 8,000 auction for a raw copy. Nate, correct me if I'm wrong. You might remember this, but our buddy Cage, I think, uh, maybe shouldn't have been public here, but he grabbed a PSA 10 for not much more than that, I think. So here's the thing is that, The stuff that is really rare, it can go up in a in a down market, you know, in a down high population market, meaning the PSA nine ninety six tops Kobe might be down a little bit, but the other stuff is still on fire because people want to get those and stash them and they're not going to come around all the time. First Bowman or rookie in terms of MLB, Nate, which ones I know that you you probably I know your answer for this, but what do you rather chase right now?
1: And not not Go ahead. In terms of MLB, ugh,
0: because like I know what your answer is for the prospects, right? Like, that's well, obvious. I love
1: I love first bowmans. I always love first bowmans, but um, oh, man, <laughs> I still think I'd probably go first bowman, but that's probably <laughs> just me, right, as opposed to other people. Nate, he is he is, it. he is killing it. I. I was listening to... I haven't looked up his stats myself, but I was listening to um, uh, whatever is after Quick Pitch on MLB Network. um, And uh, they said he was like 11 for 16 in AAA so far this season, which... pretty impressive.
0: That's good stuff. What do you guys think about UFC Prism cards? Are they worth investing in John Jones and Khabib? Thank you. Uh, I think that some of this stuff is very highly priced right now. But if you're buying Raw and getting clean copies and grading definitely opportunity for stuff that has never been graded before and i know the centering is bad on a lot of these so you better be careful but there's opportunity and also i would say there's opportunity in the past sets, like 2017 tops chrome ufc and other sets like that um i'm not a fan i'm not jumping into it it's just not my thing i've watched like one fight or two fights in my entire life so not not really my thing but um there'll be opportunity for people in there guys there's opportunity in any category of sports cards non-sports cards if you really do the homework and figure out what trends what does and what grades what doesn't like that type of thing literally if you just like focus on your favorite thing you'll find a way to learn
1: it and to make money and if you look at it long enough and understand it nate is that not true yeah you just I, i mean and you can make anything your niche if you're like, man, I can't, I can't afford baseball, and I can't afford football, and I can't afford basketball. You can move your niche right down the line to Formula One racing, or to hockey, or you know anything, and you can learn that really well, and probably be maybe not hockey, but you could be ahead of the curve uh, yeah, for make, people getting there.
0: Make sure you have a bit of passion for it too, though, um, at least in some sense, because if
1: if you don't, you're just not going to last through it. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the reason I never bought soccer. Despite you telling me, "Hey, you should buy this. Hey, you should buy that." I have I have watched now a couple games of soccer and I try my best to be like maybe this could be entertaining, but I just I I find literally none of it entertaining. <laughs> Nate, you um, should look, you should look up
0: some of these like crazy finishes to games.
1: They're they fun. they <laughs> they kick the ball around and then inevitably for some reason they kick the ball backwards and then backwards farther and then backwards to their own goalie who then kicks it forwards. And it makes, it literally makes no sense to me because everything I've ever learned about sports is you're supposed to be going forward, <laughs> right? If you go backwards in football, you're losing yardage. You're getting sacked. If you go backwards in basketball, you know, a little bit as you're moving the ball around, but you're getting uh, uh, over and back, um, you know, hit the ball backwards in baseball, right? Or if you're throwing the ball back in, it's because they gave up a hit. And uh, hey, you gotta build an attack, man.
0: Uh, gotta build an attack. It's I, hate it. I hate it. Dude, strategy. Dude, I hate it. Come on. Here we go. That's why you need to sign up for Sox Pro so you can get the information and make informed buys. Shameless plug. Thank you, Magic. That's right. Slapsocks.com. Hit the Sox Pro tab. We have much more sharing on that coming. I'm um, sorry we didn't have any screen share with Sox Pro today. We will definitely have it in next week's episode. Um, but definitely go check out slabstocks.com slash slabstocks. We're dropping slabstocks pro uh, in the coming few weeks. We're going to do our best to make that thing happen as quickly as possible. And uh, we're very pumped about it. It's going to be completely free, no barriers. Uh, just get on there and track sports cards, enjoy sports cards, and track the collection. It's going to be awesome. And there um, we
1: go. The header by the goalie was sweet. That is what I was referring to. <laughs> uh, wait till Euros, my guy. The games are more interesting during the Euros, I promise. Maybe we'll have to come up with some content where uh, – we sit in a room and I watch like three straight games, and uh, we just live stream the whole thing. We see what happens. Maybe <laughs> we'll
0: see. Hey, um, Nate, here's what I think you should do, Nate. I think you should buy like two or three cards of dudes on one team, just one Euro team. Track them, track them, and watch their games, and you will be you will be just digging into the game. Just
1: buy that's not, like, bad. That's not bad. Yeah,
0: just, just buy like a cheap Mbappe, buy maybe like a Pogba and like I don't know, some other friends, friends player to, to
1: go with and like see what happens. It's like the same thing we did with um, well, I mean, I like minor league baseball, but like for you, you never paid attention to minor league baseball and then you owned minor league cards, and all of a sudden you were in tune with every single Forrest Whitley game ever. ever exactly here we go get some skin in the game best way to get into it i've
0: always said that sports cards make sports way more fun i've always thought that you know you can like you're invested in the game more so than even just the money just like the you just get like you just get tied to these players as fans and like it's not even about the money it's like as such a huge force willie fan and kind of fell off the bandwagon once he got terrible and got suspended and stuff and sold my cards but like some of these guys, you just build up
1: these fam, you become fans of them. And it's fun. Um, just to, Matt, I, I've seen you ask this a couple times. Oh, uh, if you rewatch, we don't want to get back into it because we talked about this significantly at the beginning of the video. But if you rewatch the beginning of the video, this question will be answered for you. <laughs> um. Also, uh, there was oh Joseph, <laughs> Nate, more of a Connect Four guy than a chess guy. I actually love chess. The funny thing is
0: I'm more of a Connect Four
1: guy than a chess
0: guy.
1: Yeah, I I love chess. I love sitting there thinking through the moves. I'm not very good at it, um, but, like, I love thinking through the moves. I don't mind the slowness of it. It's just soccer is like, um, and I I know you move backwards in chess uh, quite often, but soccer is just one of those things that's just abrasive to what I know for of American sports, you know?
0: Hey, I'll tell you this the whole way that soccer set up with the relegation and stuff at the end of the year, like that makes for some pretty intense finishes other
1: than just some tanking to get a lottery spot. As a person who just watched Ted Lasso, I understand. <laughs> I knew you would because of that.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, one last one here for Corey. So I'm asking it a couple times, do you think there's more opportunity in soccer raw right now versus the other sports? Because was uh, something about at this point, still so small even with PSA wait times. the way that I think about it is that there's just less people that were looking to buy soccer and more cards are coming out of packs raw that people are probably selling for the soccer versus other um, products and and sports and stuff. so I do think so. plus I think that the production level is way lower across all products so that makes for a great opportunity just based on supply. All right, are we down here? Um, and Michael Brown, Michael Brown, I don't think I, I don't think I can talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. But if you do have the loop app and you watch our YouTube video tomorrow that goes live through the loop app, you can see Nate talking about Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. Because I'm sure or Wednesday, I'm sure he's gonna be ranting about it.
1: Oh, I'll be I'll be cordial. I'll be cordial. <laughs> you you have to, no bias. It's a it's a market report video. <laughs> hey, um as for Will, Nate, would you go for a big trout here? I'm tempted with the correction, have five years plus holding, collecting, not flipping. Um now we'll see where it goes from here. It got really high. It's now down to like 4,200. If you're talking about like an update PSA 10, it's down to like 4,200, something like that. Um, and, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to say where the market is going from here because it's dropped so much. You know, can it keep dropping as the summer s- starts ramping up and people stop spending money on cards to go to the beach and, you know, fishing and stuff like that? I mean, there might be a little bit more room for it to drop. Fishing. but. Fishing if you are what he said fishing fishing for trout no yeah uh (laughs) if you are a a fan of trout and believe in trout which i don't know who wouldn't um i don't see a problem with buying right now and holding for five years you know you might be able to get it for a couple hundred dollars cheaper three four hundred dollars cheaper maybe but um in the long run if that four hundred dollars you know that shouldn't matter in the long run i guess so it might matter right now for this your- is
0: my This is my own opinion, and everyone else has a different opinion potentially. But I would buy anything of Trout other than the update PSA ten. It's way too volatile for my liking. I want a Bowman Chrome refractor one seventy five PSA nine. I want a PSA ten of that if I'm get loaded at some point. Um,
1: I, I yeah. want a Sterling PSA nine, PSA eighty. I love that Sterling card. That's 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 a fair point. I'd rather buy a Bowman Chrome draft refractor BGS 9.5 uh than a Mike Trout tops update. Way less money too
0: for the nine yeah. five draft refractor.
1: And and the draft card I just I don't I don't like love, but it's cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Thank
0: you everyone for watching. I appreciate all the kind comments I see here. Make sure to go watch the other videos from Wisconsin Dells day one, two, and three. Check out Slabsocks.com/slash shop for the breaks for tomorrow. There's a few spots left in both basketball and formula one. And we will see you all tomorrow at the break start at 5:15 p.m. Eastern time cuz Chelsea plays at 3:15 p.m. Eastern time in literally a massive game and I have Wait, to watch. What's that game? It's against Leicester again to determine potentially who goes to the Champions League for next year.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: So they rem- they're they're playing again just for a different
1: stake, a different stake. <laughs> Nate, are you still a Leicester fan? I I am a big Leicester fan. Number one Leicester fan.
0: Uh, Nate was giving me a hard time at the show when Chelsea lost. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen the offsides. All right, whatever. I'm done with it. See you guys. Thank you all for a great show. See you guys.